This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, can commercials be so bad that they're actually good? We look at some of the worst commercials ever and love every minute of some of them. So good. Everybody is a hero, even the villains, at least in the minds of everybody. On the world of weird things, Greg Fish tells us how and why people's brains are wired so they almost always think they're doing the right thing, even if they're doing the wrong thing. And are you okay with earthquakes? What about baseball? All of this and more on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. I found a commercial online, which I thought was unbelievably funny and well done, and quite possibly um, one of the worst commercials of all time because it is just so bad. And then I challenged my buddy Ryan O'Donnell, who's in downtown Calgary. I said, Ryan, go find some terrible commercials and tell me. Is this a bad commercial or maybe this is so bad it's great commercial? And we went down a bit of a rabbit hole with commercials, uh, you know, TV commercials and stuff. And I don't know if it was healthy. I don't think it was. Probably not good for us. But we found some good ones. Ryan O'Donnell is here. Um, Ryan, um, where do you want to start with this? Because this was uh, quite a fascinating journey that we just happened upon this weekend. Oh, and it it was a truly rewarding journey, if I say so myself, because I love bad commercials they yeah. become memes it's your favorite part of flashback friday it is it is i mean i i love grabbing old car commercials and 80s jingles but we went beyond that for this you know there's a jingle or two here but this is more about the truly un- inexplainably bad commercials that are either confusing fail completely at what their job is or are so over the top and bizarre that you just wonder what they were thinking and you did really inspire me with with the one, the, the well, big one. Let's start there and say, yes. I sent this to Ryan, and even Ryan said, there's no way this is real. That's how bad. And turns out, we found out it's very real. We'll explain in a second. But let's just, this is the man, when you go down a rabbit hole, sometimes it takes you to dark places on the internet and this is how it all started was i don't know how it came across in a feed or something like that this is a commercial so weird it's a very real turns out pharmacy and their very real name this is the commercial you gotta hear all of it there's a cry across the heartland a yearning for the days gone by and in little old court I recommend butt drugs for everybody. I can always count on butt drugs. When I think drugs, I think butt drugs. For all my health needs, I turn to butt drugs. You want hometown service and cheap hot coffee and liquor. Now that's the ticket. You can tell Walmart, CVS, and Walgreens exactly where to stick it. We love that drug. That drug won't let you down. Free parking in the rear. I love butt drugs. 
That's a real commercial. That's a real business. That is a real ad. Free parking in the rear. Yeah. And liquor. <laughs> and liquor. That's the kicker. <laughs> um, oh, man. Okay. So Butt Drugs is was a real business. Uh, 75 years in business. I'm assuming the pharmacist's last name was Butt, right? Like yeah, Steve Butt or James Butt or whatever. And so he created Butt Drugs and they just embraced it. Uh, parking in the rear is a great example of that. But you can kind of see how that would become a bit of a local legend, right? Especially if they're yes. willing to embrace it. I mean, I don't think it's that terrible because they owned it, right? They didn't try to avoid it. They're just true. Yeah. They play, they played it up and they, you know, and liquor. Um, I love butt drugs. <laughs> oh my God. 75 years in business. Here's the bad news. Butt drugs closed earlier this year. So, ah, oh, man, Sorry, they Mr. left butt. a legacy that I'm happy to uphold here on the radio. I think so. Now in celebration of butt drugs, but drugs that's going to be in your head i am so sorry when you are trying to go to bed after work or when you walk into work this morning because you're up early you're going to be walking into work uh hey steve how's your morning it's great but drugs we might have to play that again um in celebration yeah. for butt drugs let's go through some of the worst commercials of all time there are people who consider this to be a terrible ad. We want to know your thoughts. 877-399-9898. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Good or bad. We know it's a big fluffy Talk bun. to the manager. It is the manager. Where's the beef? He's putting us under the supervisor. If you ask me what you did, we should call the owner. At Wendy's, the hamburger we modestly call a single has more beef than the Big Mac or Whopper. We've got the owner. Hello? Where's the beef? Wendy's kind of people never ask, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody there. I really don't. I say awesome ad. I say the new version they tried to create last year with the bacon. That was strange. Yeah, that, where's that the didn't bacon? work. But that didn't work. I mean, where's the beef has become just a question in general, like for yeah. random things. It's a saying. It's uh, almost like an awkward for dad example, joke, right? It, it is. But just so you know, when I was a kid, I didn't associate it with Wendy's at all. I had no idea that it was a Wendy's ad until I started working here and we did a bit on it. I had no really? clue it was for Wendy's. But you no. knew it, though. No, it was just a saying. I knew the saying. I didn't know it was for Wendy's. Yep. Where's the beef? It's at Butt Drugs. Um, bad commercials here on The Shift. I think the Where's the Beef commercial is one of the best of all time. I mean, look, that was what? Early 80s? And we're still talking about it? So yep. that's 40 years, man, almost. Okay, um, Ryan's favorite bad commercial, and he loves bad commercials, so I'm curious where this goes. I haven't heard it yet. It's for the East Hills Mall in Missouri. In 2014, they made a commercial encouraging shoppers to head there for all of their basic back-to-school needs. This is what they created, a jingle featuring business owners and really bad singers. East And pants and boots and pants. New shoes. Get yourself an outfit. Denim. Boots and pants and boots and pants. Haircut. New shoes. So get yourself back to school with these tails. Haircut. 
Oof. Uh, <laughs> oh, boots, so boots and pants. At the risk of, um, of knocking on Dora the Explorer and Boots the Monkey, I would say that uh, the, the boots and pants is the best part. The boots and pants and the, the haircut. I love the haircut. The uh, get yourself an outfit one. She just wasn't into it. I mean, halfway through, it just completely yeah, interrupts yeah, this, the song. And the, you got to commit. Clearly, you're the, gonna do it. <laughs> the guy going <laughs> trying to beatbox. Oh, um, I love that. But so maybe much. so terrible, it's good. Is that one of those things where it's so bad it's good? Oh right. yeah, there's a reason that became a meme, and every now and then pops up on my TikTok page. And sometimes yeah. I annoy Laura by going boots and pants and boots and pants. No, love it. But drugs. Okay, let's keep going. The bad commercial train continues. Since we're all making our own sound effects. Toot, toot. Here comes the bad commercial train. Um, This ad is for an insurance provider. The the gentleman swearing. hmm, The gentleman Mm. is wearing a sweater. I can speak typo. I got this. Yeah, you can. This ad is for, I can read typo now. I've, I've figured it out. I'm officially bilingual. Um, this ad is for an insurance provider. The gentleman is wearing a sweater and standing in front of a Christmas tree, and it makes no sense. We've seen a series of one-car accidents recently involving rollovers and serious injuries to passengers. I don't know if it's video games or what, but it's so unfair to, after something like this, to blame people in the backseat or say they deserved it. I don't like consoling these parents about what's happened, but I'll do it until it stops. Will you please stop? I'm Scott Hoy. (laughs) So the single (laughs) rollover crashes at Christmas are the yes. fault of the people in the backseat for playing video games? Is that? Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. And like he's wearing like this sweater and it's Christmas and it's like it comes across as so strange, like so confusing. That's just a bad ad. That's just a bad ad. Um, that is bad. There's no good to that. There's no, um, no. boots and pants in that. Okay. Um, sometimes. All you need is to bring a business, uh, bring in business is a catchy jingle. Boots and pants and boots and pants, but drugs, right? Mm-hmm. This is a win. I think Dave's Pizza in California. When I get a serious craving for something I want to eat, I need some cheese, tomatoes and olives and maybe even some meat. I need some pizza, 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 pizza. Every time I want that pizza, 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 I go to David's Pizza. David's Pizza, 209-477-2677. Pizza. Wow. See, that's a win to me. It's, uh, I mean, repetitive. You're going to remember it. I just, I love the, I love the the stop and then just the random, hey, thank you for calling Dave's Pizza at blah, 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 blah. Pizza. I think that um, I think he's onto something with the pizza. I think his his sign should just go like, "Dave's Pizza, 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 Pizza," and then you know when you run out of room pizza, on a birthday pizza. card, yeah. and it just kind of yeah, goes yeah. in small letters down the side of the no, sign. Yeah, it's like that. See, that would be great. <laughs> um, to give credit to Pizza Pizza, 
I mean, that's what they basically hung their hat on was pizza, pizza, right? Like, they did a great job with it. That is basically Dave's Pizza, just with only two pizzas, mm-hmm. not pizza, pizza, pizza. I give him credit. That's a win for me. 877-399-9898. Butt drugs is a win. Good. Text. I give that. Um, apparently, uh, even if you try singing the commercial to the actual Dave's Pizza while on the phone, they will hang up on you. Oh, no way, really? That's a funny <laughs> <Yeah>. joke. <laughs> I think the ad might have worked too well. Too well, yeah. So buying commercials, it adds up, right? So this is the thing that's amazing about this to me as a business operator. Someone is willing to take butt drugs commercials and pay to broadcast them. Like that's a risk as a business owner. You're like, I only mm-hmm. have a small budget. I need to make the money back. I can't run this risk. Well, someone's got the courage to do it. And I think that's amazing from a business operator perspective. Um, Mike here, who really knows, uh, he really needs you to know that he buys... Golf clubs, in case you didn't know. Howdy, y'all. This year's Mike. Down at Mike's Golf Shop, where we buy golf. That's right. We buy golf clubs. Mike's Golf Shop. Come on over here. We buy golf clubs. Over at Mike's Golf Shop. Come on down here. We buy golf clubs. That's right. We buy golf clubs. 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 I, I really was wondering what he what he sells there, but yeah, that's it. I didn't edit that at all. That's that's how Mike uploaded that so, ad to but Facebook. Here's the thing, though, is that you don't know what he actually sells. Does he sell golf clubs? <laughs> like what? It's Mike's golf. Yeah. And- he buys golf clubs. I don't know if he sells golf clubs. I would imagine mm-hmm. he sell, but he could maybe melt them down and turn them into jewelry. Yeah. Uh, and beautiful jewelry, I'm sure, based on the commercial. Uh, another text says, uh, somehow, for some reason, I'm craving pizza now. Right? Are you craving butt drugs, though? That's really a question. Um <laughs> Uh, okay, more bad commercials. This is for you, Toronto. Okay, more specifically, Southern Ontario, because everybody on Southern Ontario was subjected to this particular ad. Hello, I'm Russell Oliver, and I buy your used jewelry. If you have gold rings, gold earrings, I'll give you cash. If you have diamonds, bring them to me. I'll give you cash. I love gold. Bring me your old gold, and I'll give you cash, because... I'm the cash man. So, but again, I guess I, he's the cash man, but he's the, maybe he doesn't sell gold. Maybe, cash man. maybe he resells the gold to other jewelers. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, all, it wasn't the case because Oliver um, had their store, but um, yeah. uh, 1971, we salute you, Russell Oliver and everyone who owned is involved that, that since because they're still there. So it must've worked. Fascinating. Bad commercials here on the shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. Ryan O'Donnell is here. Uh, just to be clear, this next one, we have not edited. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Available at Walgreens. Nice. <laughs> so, so, so funny. Bad. It's still, oh, it's so, uh, 
What, uh, what does like it do? That's like the kind of ad that you would see watching uh, on the History Channel at like two o'clock in the afternoon, like uh, or like uh, uh, some sort of clairvoyant show at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, exactly. But your question is, what does it do? Because I don't, you don't know in the commercial. It's just a woman rubbing a, like a cream from a stick on her forehead, and uh, I had to look it up. Like the same company makes like arthritis relief stuff. So oh I believe it's headache relief cream, but I'm honestly relief, not yeah. sure. It is. It's uh, applied directly to the forehead. <laughs> it's the first line on Wikipedia. Head-on is a brand of a topical <laughs> product claimed to relieve headaches and achieve widespread notoriety in 2006 as a result of repetitive commercials. Uh, head-on replied directly uh, to the forehead. To the forehead. Three times in succession. All right. I guess so. They have a Wikipedia page. No one built one for me. Uh, that it was infamous and parodied in the terrible parody movie disaster movie oh good sorry uh, last notes there okay one last one before we're done terrible commercials um <laughs> sorry i got distracted by the text messages which is probably not good for me to read uh, but I will anyway. Uh, commercial starts in an appliance store with a man walking from one end to the other before stopping at some refrigerators. If you listen closely, you can hear his sneakers and passion for appliances. I love refrigerators and ranges that cook right. I really love them. Do you know there are dishwashers that are quiet? I mean, almost silent. I'm talking KitchenAid, whisper quiet. Careful with your glassware and clean better than commercial dishwasher. You have to pre-wash with a commercial dishwasher, not with these. I love refrigerator. <laughs> it's... I'm going to post this one specifically to, to the Facebook page because, like, hearing it, I didn't edit that at all. It's like a solid 10 seconds of this guy smiling directly at the camera, walking towards a refrigerator before, like, slapping it and going, I love refrigerators. And he really does. He really, he does. really does. Please post the butt drugs on there as well. Um, let's hit the butt drugs. We don't have to get the whole thing, but let's hit it again. This is how we ended up here because of this actual business that's called butt drugs. It's a pharmacy that closed earlier this year. There's a cry across the heartland, a yearning for the days gone by. And in little old Corden, Indiana, they're happy and they'll tell you why. They got butt drugs. They love butt drugs. I recommend butt drugs for everybody. I can always count on butt drugs. When I think drugs, I think butt drugs. For all my health needs, I turn to butt drugs. You want hometown service and cheap hot coffee and liquor. Now that's the ticket. You can tell Walmart, CVS, and Walgreens exactly where to stick it. Ba -ba -ba -butt drugs. We love butt drugs. Butt drugs won't let you down. Parking in the rear. I love butt drugs.
I love butt drugs. Uh, there you go. Um, the uh, 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 okay. Um, butt drugs. What do you got there, right? Well, I I went on their website and they're currently auctioning off everything, and I can't see any specific butt drugs related memorabilia at the moment. But they do have a bunch of old like coca-cola machines oh never mind i found i heart butt drugs t-shirts and mugs Ooh, and there's a lot you can get 70 of them for 40 dollars. link me please link me <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man like we don't even have a promo budget a but if i could too. if i could do anything like a shift heads t-shirt let's see if we can get some butt drugs t-shirts because that seems like a very <laughs> shift head thing to do parking in the back um, those ads might be strange, but they're 100% better than Cars for Kids jingle. You know, Cars for Kids is a good cause. Uh, you know, that's great. You donate your car, they take the money, they flip it, and they make the money, which is all right. But um, the kids in the TV commercial, you know, that's, that's I guess maybe it's cute. I don't know. That's the way it goes. This is the Shift Podcast. Weird. It got very weird. I don't understand. Welcome to the world of weird things with Greg Fish. So the good news is Greg Fish is going to be coming back to his regular time slot on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, depending on where you are, where Greg Fish has always been since the beginning of time when radio was invented. And then uh, it's going to start in the beginning of September. So the cool part is that uh, Hank the Hacker, who has been filling in for some time uh, this summer at that time slot, is going to be here. That is good news. That means our team has grown and we have more fun conversations for you. In the meantime, we get a special visit with Greg Fish on this uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, to help us get into conversation about weird stuff that Shane probably doesn't understand. And that's exactly where we go. Uh, if you want to check out everything that we've gotten up to, just go to shiftheads.ca. Uh, there is a new Substack, which is uh, like an online paper for World of Weird Things for you to check out. The links will be there for the article. Hey, Fish, happy weekend. How's it going? I thought maybe on a weekend you uh, would something would be different, like not just in a black T-shirt and um, exactly the same demeanor as always. I thought maybe there would be like hungover Greg Fish or sleepy Greg Fish or whatever. I, I'm so sorry to spoil your fun. Um, I'm going to try and do Hawaiian shirts. Is that Would that be more sure. acceptable? Sure. I don't know. You're like Mark Zuckerberg's gray T-shirts. They're black T-shirts. They're such a staple of your world, so... I get this. I mean, this is art. I just have a bunch of them, and it's easy, so that's why I do it. You're 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 looking at you're not looking at a fashion statement. You're not looking at anything specific. You're not looking at it's a sub subliminal message. It's laziness. You're looking at laziness. All right, perfect. Convenience is king. That's for sure. The headline says we're all good guys now, even the villains. Where are we going, fish? So before we actually go there, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Shoot. So on a scale of 1 to 10, rate yourself as a driver. How good of a driver are you on a scale of 1 to 10? Oh, come on. The, um, if you ask uh, these uh, extremely judgmental shift heads that know I drive a BMW, they're going to say, well, he's a BMW driver, therefore he's terrible. But I do use my signal light. Um, I'll say this. Wow, that's 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 like better than 95% of BMW drivers and I say it is in right? Atlanta. So I, I do use my signal light. I can tell you this. I'm a very good driver. 
Uh, I make mistakes, but I'm a very good driver, and I'm going to lean back to last year in the middle of winter driving in the on the highway, and there was a bunch of cars spun out in the ditch, and we kind of slid and navigated through it, no stress, no yelling, and uh, we, we didn't get ourselves in trouble full speed on the highway in the middle of winter. So I'm going to say kid grew up in the winter driving, defensive driving is good. We're good. I'm going to give myself a, I'll give myself a solid 9 out of 10. Solid nine out of ten. Okay, uh, how would you rate yourself as a manager? Uh, I don't know. As he looks uh, Ryan in the eyes and says, "I think I do a good job with." Uh, now Ryan doesn't work like under me in the silo of employment, uh, but he's like Ryan's not like my employee. But I, I, we still manage the, we still manage the show. So I would say I do a, a good job managing the the show. Uh, mentorship and conversation and getting it up. So I'm going to say, I'll give myself a solid seven. Okay. And then one last question. How would you rate yourself as someone's partner? Like if you're, if you're in a relationship, how would you rate yourself as someone to be with? Am I comparing this to the spectrum of partners around the world or what I'm capable of? I would say what you're capable of, what you would, what you would bring to a relationship on a scale of one to 10. Probably a six. I think that when it comes to satisfaction, the relationship killing it out of 10. Okay. Okay. So here's another fun fact. I'm going to hit you with another number. Seven to eight out of 10 people are going to rate themselves above average in all the things that we just covered. And then if I come up with any other category, they're going to rate themselves a six or a seven or an eight or give themselves okay. a solid nine. Yeah. And the problem is that's kind of mathematically impossible, isn't it? Like 70% mm -hmm. of people can't be above average. Like what then, then average doesn't make sense. So why do we do that? And the, by the way, this is actually a really well-known effect. It's known as the lake will be gone effect. Um, and it essentially says that people's minds have a very positive opinion of themselves. The average person thinks of themselves quite highly like they don't necessarily think that they're the best thing since both sliced bread and perforated toilet paper Very but nice. they're pretty neat you know they're 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 above average they're they have so, they have something going on even when objectively they may not and that actually extends to something that is a little bit darker it's not just Oh, I'm a really good driver. In fact, I'm a, I'm an above average driver, or I'm I'm above average at a relationship. It also extends to, well, yes, I did this really bad thing, or I hurt these people, or I screwed these people on a deal, or I stole something. But you know what? Still, deep down, I'm a good person. Got it. And that's when things get a little dark because scientists have also researched um, not just what kind of good things people are capable of doing and how people see themselves. But what happens when people do malicious things? So for example, there are studies where people are invited to hurt other test subjects. Now, 99.9% .9 of the time, that pain is fake. The, the, the times that it's not, it's more emotional, dis inflicting emotional distress on people. But they studied what can motivate people and these people will come in and they'll say, oh, no, 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 I'm a good person. I would never hurt somebody. I would never cheat somebody. I would never, you know, you could offer me money to do something wrong and I wouldn't take it. Well, no, actually, it turns out you would. And not only would you, but when studying people's brains, it turns out that people actually check out 
when they do something harmful. There's a, a certain response potential in the brain that helps you evaluate the actions that you're doing. It basically um, helps under, helps your executive function think through the task and actively participate. And when people do something bad, they check out and then they come back and they say, you know what, it, 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 I can explain this. I can explain, I had to do it, here's my justification. And then when you ask them, well, do you still see yourself as a good person? They'll say, oh, no, 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 I, I'm just doing what needs to be done in the grand scheme of things. I'm still, I'm still pretty good. Well, I would say that you are tiptoeing very carefully on a thread of morality, which uh, has virtually um, no spectrum to it, no linear spectrum to it. Morality that we know is morality that is typically faith-driven in the background. There's a lot of people that say that without faith, uh, humanity would be at a loss because there would be no morality. And so if you just said, am I a good driver? Am I a bad driver? And then you said people will make excuses or well, they will have all kinds of reasons. So let, let me give you a, a fun wordplay where I find, where I find the relatability in this. You can't know good unless you know bad. Shift has heard me say this before. You can't know hot unless you know cold. You can't know up unless you know down. So what does that mean in the less simplistic terms? When I give you reasons, you hear excuses. So everything that is my reason for doing things, somebody else will hear as excuses if they don't agree and see it the same way in the same perspective. Somebody who says, I killed that deer for food because I was hungry, justifies killing the deer. Someone who loves deer and is not hungry, might say, you're a murderer. So perspective is king in this, no? Well, yes, exactly. And thanks for, I was tiptoeing around it, and now you give me the entrance to dive right in. And the problem with a lot of the ways that we define morality is that a lot of times we do that, we do make that assumption that morality is absolute. Eating is good, therefore killing the deer is good, therefore if someone objects, well that seems to be a them problem. But these kinds of excesses quickly become very problematic when you apply them to things like, for example, the news or political division. So obviously as an American, I have certain preoccupations given the current events in, in my country. <laughs> You want to um, those? I know yes. some of them. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and there's definitely some of them echoing in Canada where you uh -huh. have groups of people who essentially are, if you look at them from, from a standpoint that, that's outside of their, of their echo chamber, um, they are essentially rooting for the downfall of their fellow citizens, and there's no other way to sugarcoat it. Like, they, they want things to be bad for their fellow citizens. And in fact, like, you, you have... Um, in, in America, you have Trump supporters being interviewed saying, you know, he's not hurting the right people when they when a certain law just doesn't do enough damage to the people they don't like. It's very common in those online spaces to discuss things like charging people with treason and prosecuting. And it seems like you, you're looking at it from the standpoint, and you're like, wow, these people are just like really angry and full of hate all the time. And, and they, they must see themselves as, as, as evil people, right? No, they absolutely they, don't. They think that they they're wonderful people. people. I can they give you a real simple example people. that's very inflammatory that nobody wants to talk about, but I'll say it because it's a thing. 
is that in today's, and first of all, let me say this by saying I am full dead stop at hate and insult and making people small. Just to be clear, like I am, I am a love everybody who cares, just love people that, that that's my full dead stop at hate and hurt. But in the conversation of, um, equality when it comes to uh, trans and uh, trans in particular, gay rights is different, I think, but trans rights uh, in the conversation of it, people talk about inclusion and they use this word, we're all about inclusion. When pragmatically in the conversation, if you step back from this opinion, I'm not making this opinion this way or that way, but when you step back from that and you realize that they say they're all about inclusion, unless you disagree, then you're a bad guy. Then you're out. Then you're ostracized. You don't belong here because you disagree. And I hate to break it to you. This is a world with a lot of people with different opinions. People are allowed to disagree. People may not see it the same way that you see it. Now, again, yeah, I'm going to reiterate, I am full stop on hate and hurt. Like that's not even included in this. I'm talking about principally agreeing or disagreeing. And so when, when one group says we're, we're a stand for inclusion, but then if somebody disagrees with that, they're a bad guy and they're canceled. And so that's not inclusion, right? And so that, it, it, that's, that is what you're talking about is, is that conversation is exactly the problem that people can't realize that the difference between those two perspectives in it. So, and then the big question is what goes through these people's minds when they have that extreme perspective that you either hold my view, otherwise you're a terrible person who potentially deserves harm. You know, if you're turning, so the, 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 you get to that place of, of hate and hurt when you start counting people out, when you start othering people for whatever reason you might have. Yeah, make and then the small. question, so then the question becomes, well, why do you think, how can you still think of yourself as a good person? And the answer is in that Lake will be gone effect. You're still, you can find that justification. You can still reason your way out of it because you still see yourself. You look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, well, I, I'm a pretty good person, right? Like I can't be mean. I can't be evil. I can't be associating with evil people. I can't be like the people who are my friends. I mean, yeah, sure. They might be carrying swastikas or they might be planning to, you know, firebomb a bank or, or whatnot, but they can't be bad people because I'm a good person. I don't associate with bad people. And so you reason yourself into this space where you can justify downright atrocities while still thinking of yourself as a good person. And that is a really important thing. It's very evident. And this is a phrase that people use all the time. Oh, we, we'll give them the friends and family deal, right? You get the friends and family pricing. Well, you're not family, but you're, you're like family. So we'll sell it to you for a discount or whatever. You can buy the car for cheaper. Or you can get the free movie passes or whatever it is, right? I get a friends and family discount, which is funny because if you truly cared about everybody and you could afford to do it for that discount, wouldn't you just love everybody and give the discount to people? not just friends and family. So there's that, that piece of that bubble part where, where people take care of only the people they want to take care of, not everybody. Yeah. And that, and that's, yeah. And that's, that's part of it. And then that bubble are the people they say, well, if I'm helping them out, if I'm associating with them, that they're good people because I'm a, I'm a good person. And I don't associate with bad people. And, and so the real moral of the story here is to essentially know that your brain 
can justify whatever you want to justify because your brain exists. Yes, it exists to not necessarily make you happy, but to keep you alive. And yes, it does exist to it. It does exist in the way that fear and outrage are a lot of times more powerful than empathy and care. And yes, it can be selfish, but at the same time, it also exists to make sure that you're okay with being yourself. Because if you're not, if you don't feel happy with yourself, period, then it kind of limits the brain's options. So knowing that your brain will allow you to justify whatever you want to be true means you have to be checking yourself when you make the decisions that you make, when you say the things that you say. Because what you do in the world has impact on others for good or for ill. And if you see yourself potentially hurting someone and you're thinking, ah, yes, good. They're offended. I made them mad. I made them cry. I took away their rights. You have to start asking yourself, am I like the bad guy around here? Like, is that possible? And your brain's going to say, no, no, there's no way in hell. But that's the thing. Your brain would say that, wouldn't it? And you need to pay attention to that. And that's that's really the lesson of it. You're, you, literally, your mind is wired to help you cope with whatever it is that you do in life. And mm. one of the biggest things that you need to that you need to know about yourself is that you can do that. You're not bound to absolute morality. You're not. The, you're not as good, probably not as good of a person as you think you are. You're always going to have room for improvement. And that includes everybody. Like I'm not include, I'm not excluding myself. I am sure that I can go back through my history and find things that I've done and say, oh, that that probably wasn't a good thing. I probably was not acting in the we best interest. We should get interest. Mrs. Fish on for that one. Maybe. Oh, then I, that, that will be the whole show. I don't, I don't think you can. Well, I would, <laughs> I don't I would offer you this. I would offer you this is that people, we lean an awful lot of morality. And I would say morality doesn't exist because morality is comparison on a spectrum. Well, I'm not as bad as that guy. That feels good. You're bad, but I'm not as bad as that guy. You're a crook. Well, I'm not as crooked as that guy. And, and so we justify it exactly like what you're talking about, but that's the morality spectrum. And instead the alternative would be integrity. And if everybody lived in an integrity, which is self-imposed expectation, and intention, then that would be different. Because there can be people that are still, their moral compass is, I'm bang on moral compass according to my church. I'm bang on moral compass according to my family. But their integrity deep down inside, they could be way out of integrity and feel really terrible about it. And yeah, I, I would agree with that. You have to You have to live not by what you hear around you, but you have to live by your own integrity. And you have to think about the fact that Maybe if I say something that hurts another person, or if I do something that actively hurts another person, I need to think about why I did that and whether this was actually a good thing for me to do in the grand scheme of things. Am I actually happy with myself or am I telling myself that that's fine because yeah. other people around me do the same thing? Let me ask you a complicated question then, because the difference between morality is something someone else tells us the way we should be, and integrity is what we tell ourselves how we should be. Um, let me ask you this, though. I can step away from a family member or a friend relationship and say, that that friend could be 
really in dire straits, financially, emotionally, whatever, but they are so damaging to the people around them or to me that I have to step away. My integrity of being a good friend is not being fulfilled, right? The morality of being a good friend is not being fulfilled. My integrity of... I need to protect my family and my kids. So Weird Uncle Bob, you're not welcome anymore. That hurts Weird Uncle Bob, but it's actually probably best for my family. That's where those two pieces that you're talking about, they sort of collide a little bit because everybody's trying to be a good guy. Actually yeah. trying to be a good guy. Yeah, there's there are going to be exceptions. And one of the one of the most um, most clear exceptions I can think of is if someone is a Nazi, if they identify with white supremacy or any sort of supremacist movement, they invited, they associate with any sort of hate movement. Yeah, you, that that person, you have to cut them off because what happens is that they're not looking to necessarily be your friend. They're looking to either convert you or they're going to label you as an enemy and come after you. That That's it. That's going to be their worldview. So you have to protect yourself and you have to protect others from them. And it's the same thing that if Creepy Uncle Bob does some very Creepy Uncle Bob things, you're just protecting people at that point. So there's always going to be exceptions. I don't think that you, I mean, the world is complicated because they are, there are actually just objectively terrible people who know they're terrible people. And if you tell them like, hey, I, I think that like, we can actually grade you on the sociopathy scale it, that's invented by psychologists and psychiatrists, and you score very highly on all four dark traits, they're mm -hmm. going to say, ooh, can I score higher? They're going to look at it as a challenge. They're only, like, their entire motto in life can be summed up with, well, I want it, so I'm going to take it. And these are the people who you're you know, you can think, oh, you know, they're a person and I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to cut them off. I don't want to do anything that will, that will, you know, that will harm them. But sometimes you're not going to have a choice. Mm. Um, psychologists do also say, Dr. Jody Carrington is where I've heard it, is um, mad is sad in disguise. So maybe they're not just mad after all. Maybe they're just sad. At least that's the perspective I try to take. The problem is, Texter says, who gets to decide who's a good person or a bad person? What quantifies someone as being good or bad? Well, the answer to that, my friend, is the earlier comment on what is integrity. Good or bad people is the morality I propose to you to consider that morality doesn't exist because that's just someone else shooting all over you. I would say instead, why don't you look in the mirror and say, can I do better? Greg Fish, World of Weird Things. The link for this article is up at shiftheads.ca if you want to go to the, the brand new Substack online newspaper style of the World of Weird Things ready for you to go. Looking forward to you coming back on Tuesdays. We have a few more weeks of getting special visits here on weekends. In the meantime, I'm glad to see you, Fish. Always a pleasure. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you, are you, are you, okay, 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 are you okay with 877-399-9898, that's our phone number here on The Shift, you can also get that from shiftheads.ca, Ryan O'Donnell is in downtown Calgary, I'm Shane Hewitt in the city of Airdrie on the north side of Calgary, thanks for listening to The Shift, John O'Chung pushing the buttons in Vancouver, are you okay with, share your thoughts, these stories that make you ponder, earthquakes, are you okay with earthquakes? Never, uh, never experienced one actually. I mean, I've mostly lived in Alberta where there are earthquakes, but 
rarely where I am. And uh, I, I honestly, I'm okay keeping it that way. I don't think it's an experience that I'd like to live through. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe having the life experience of knowing what to do if an earthquake hits. But uh, yeah, that's not, uh, I feel like I'd just freak out if it happened. I've apparently been through them. Like apparently we've felt them, but I've I've never had the experience of going through it, and especially the dramatic kind where like the room is shaking and the whole thing. I'm kind of curious what that would be like. Uh, but I mean, there've been times when I've been places and people are like, "Did you feel the earthquake last night?" Mm, nope. Nope. I don't know. Scary though when the building starts to shake, right? You're not quite sure if the roof's going to come down. I imagine that to be terrifying. Earthquakes come for many reasons. This one is a new one, but kind of not really. Every Taylor Swift fan has at least jumped around for the song Shake It Off at some point. Even non-Taylor Swift fans have probably jumped around for Shake It Off. Now, if you don't know Shake It Off, it's kind of like this. That's danceable, right? Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Right? And, uh, yeah, but Shake It Off. Right? Just imagine this like in a big stadium filled with thousands of kids. Now, I, Taylor Swift's music for me, it's not really my style, but I got to tell you, that's the reason why she crushes it, is songs like that right there. So um, when you have 72,000 uh, Swifties fans dancing together, turns out the answer, uh, the result is literally seismic. Taylor Swift performed two nights at Lumen Field in Seattle last weekend. She and her fans created seismic seismic activity equivalent to a 2.3 magnitude earthquake, according to seismologist Jackie Chaplin-Orbach. Earthquake or maybe a Taylor Swift concert? Mm, Yes. No kidding. Instead of shaking it off, Swifties decide to shake it up during last weekend's show in Seattle, Washington. A seismologist says Swift's recent shows at Seattle's Lumen Field registered seismic activity equivalent of a 2.3 magnitude earthquake. And that is a new record. The Swift Crake, uh, get this, beat out a previous rumbling record set by cheering Seahawks fans way back in 2011. Because that is, acoustically, the way they designed it, it is incredible. And they said it's one of the loudest places when people get together in the United States. And now you can add Taylor Swift to the top of that record. She saw that seismograph and said, you belong with me. Hello, anti-hero. Let's throw a few more in. Oh, boy. Uh... Uh, I don't CBS know. Those News, jokes didn't way. have any style. Oh, dear. Uh, Swift's on. July 22nd and July 23rd shows were both sold out. Reportedly, 72,171 concert goers in attendance. Her Eric concert tour at Lumen broke a record previously set by U2, who had 70,000 fans in 2011. Her 52-date Eras tour will gross, expected to grow, $620 million. Crazy, right? That's like more than some country's GDP for an entire year. For a concert it's, tour. It's a staggering amount of money. Wouldn't... It's just... It's incomprehensible. It's a lot of money. Um, but also kind of cool that uh, so many people dancing around to your songs that... Uh, that's pretty cool. ...cause an earthquake. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Oh, uh, boy. Fascinating. Let's start our next. Okay, we got football there. We got Taylor Swift. It's not a hockey season, but I don't know if you watched the Blue Jays this weekend. Uh, there's a lot of people lined up to watch um, 
Uh, the Blue Jays play kind of a good weekend. I think they did all right, uh, including my buddies, you know, sitting in a garage watching the Blue Jays. So let's start this next Are You Okay With Out of Context. Hey, bada, 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 so win, bada. Um, see earlier in the show, you'll get that one. Are you okay with baseball? I love the game of baseball. Playoff baseball is an exhilarating sport. It's an amazing thing to experience, even just watching on TV. One of the highlight moments of my life was watching my favorite team, the Chicago Cubs, win the World Series, even though that was in my basement. Uh, but uh, it's hard to watch as a Canadian. You know, there's some minor teams you can go see, but uh, making the pilgrimage to either Seattle or Toronto just to watch the Blue Jays play is very expensive. And uh, I wish there were more professional teams uh, that were accessible to me. But, uh, mm. yeah. Do you think baseball's that popular, really? Or is it just because it's the only sport? When you think about it, it's quite genius. It's really the only summer sport that's happening in Canada when it comes to Canadian fans. I mean, there is football, like soccer around the world, I guess, and there's no NFL yet. There is CFL, but in the wintertime, you have CFL, NFL, um, basketball, and hockey all battling for fans. Yeah, well... It's, it's tough, but, you know, they, they made all the rule changes this year, right? The MLB tried to make the game faster. And uh, this actually just came out yesterday that MLB attendance is up almost 10%, and it's the highest attendance increase since 1998, and it's the highest overall since 2013. So the game's seeing a little bit more energy behind it now. And I think it's because of the fact it's isolated. There's nothing else to watch. And it's getting more exciting and accessible, I would say, to the average audience. And you've got star players like Sohei Otani, who's like the the Wayne Gretzky lifetime unbelievable. Yeah, the, the, like, actually, people are calling him the next Babe Ruth. Like that, well, I'm saying that, that kind of player play. we will never yeah. see another player as good as him in our lifetime. Yeah. yeah, That's cool. And he's, that draws and he's people to watch the sport. So casual about <laughs> He just gets up and <laughs> well, <he's... laughs> cranks the ball. Like It's amazing. He's just so comfortable. Um yeah, I mean, from that perspective, I guess that's good. And and, and the timing thing seems to be working because TV ratings are also up. So um, there are dozens of uh, local teams across Canada, even though there's one only Canadian MLB team. One of those teams locally was the Saskatoon Yellow Jackets of the Western Canadian Baseball League. Some cities have seen, like here in Calgary, teams come and teams go. Different teams, um, levels, trying to make it a go of it doesn't always work. Well, that old team also folded in Saskatchewan. Now it's back with a new name. The name was chosen by the people of Saskatoon, and they had a few choices, including the Saskatoon Bridge Pigeons and the Saskatoon Cobra Chickens. But in the end, the new name picked by the Saskatooners uh, was the Saskatoon Berries, complete with an amazing logo of a berry holding a baseball hat. The team also added the caption, we're here for a very good time underneath the official name Saskatoon Berries Baseball. Now, voting closed on Tuesday, closing with more than 2,000 individuals participating in the balloting process. Club president Steve Hildebrand says the final battle was between the Berries and the Saskatoon River Pirates, which I do like that. Um, here are some amazing minor league baseball team names, in case you don't know. The Albuquerque Isotopes. The Modesto Nuts. 
The Portland Pickles. That was pretty good. The Wheat City yeah. Whiskey Jacks. Brooks Bombers. Medicine Hat Mavericks. I like that one too. Yeah. I love the berries. It's fun. I mean, Saskatoon Berry Pie is unbelievable. It's delicious. The logo, they did a fantastic job on. And it's very unique to the city, I think. And it's a good And the marketing, the social media presence has been so good on this. So it's a win. I like... Nobody's scared of a berry. Like a river yeah. pirate. You are a scary pirate. But if you were, like, nobody's scared of a penguin. Nobody's scared of an oiler or a Canadian. Well, some people might be afraid of a Canadian. What about a maple leaf? You know, it doesn't have to be scary. It just has to be But maple leaf represents, I guess maybe it's the same as the berry. I mean, but still, like, I don't know. I guess the Canucks aren't very scary, and neither are the Flames. No. Well, Flames can be very. (laughs) Yeah, Senators as well, right? Depending on who you ask right now, they might be terrifying. Yeah. Senators just get appointed. Nobody has a vote. Then they make money for the rest of their lives. All right. You have a point. None of those teams are very good at all. Um, <laughs> the bear, you like the logo. You think the berry is pretty cute? Well, it's good because it's I got a, it's very cartoony, but in the right way. So the, the other team there, the nuts that was mentioned, I forget the name of the mm-hmm. city, but mm-hmm. the nuts, their mm-hmm. logo are two nuts with like, you know, cheeky grins on them. And because the town like is a big peanut producer. So mm. it's very similar to that. And the logo, you know, it's got the berry with the uh, paint under the eyes, the backward baseball cap, and then it's got a baseball bat right beside it. Mm. So the, the logo isn't too cutesy or anything like that. It's a strong sports logo and it's purple. I think it's going to like, I think it's going to be a good looking kit. They haven't uh, unveiled the Jersey or anything yet, but uh if you do a naming contest, I think another thing they did well here is including things like Cobra Chicken, Bridge Pigeon, including the funny ones to see if mm. people are really locked in. And uh, yeah, people picked Barry over Cobra Chicken. My that's is the one that you're talking about. And I suppose, I mean, it's, it is not quite as scary as the Red Sox or a real scary team name like the Angels. <laughs> now that I think about it, none of them are very scary. Anyway. Are you okay with seafood? Uh, yes, it is the best food. If I could cut, if I if I could remove red meat entirely from my diet, and it would mean that I could only eat seafood. Like if I had to pick one mm. or the other, I will always go for the seafood. Really? Yep. I don't know, John. You like Absolutely. seafood? Yes, I do. Especially, okay. there's a really nice restaurant in Richmond where I always go to get really nice seafood, specifically salmon. Love salmon. Salmon. Yes, yeah, I like salmon. I like salmon on the sushi. Salmon on the barbecue is all right, too. Okay, um, eating certain kinds of seafood comes with perks, like a chance of finding a pearl in an oyster, for example. For the past four years, Sandy Sikorsky and Ken Steinkamp have been regulars at a seafood spot in Maine. While business booms during tourist month, uh, they visit it year-round. In December of 21, they'd been eating at the restaurant with Sikorsky's brother and wife. They had ordered... Uh, quay hogs is that what it, i don't even know how to say that never seen that before Co-ho- and they co-hogs. Found, co-hogs co-hogs like family guy co-hog the clam no family no? guy no. Yeah. No. yeah tv show is not for me um and that's when they found a treasure taste of this big 
round thing in my mouth, and I'm thinking, what the heck is this? So I take it and spit it down on the ta down in my hand, and I put it on the table. My sister-in-law goes, is that a tooth? <laughs> it wasn't a tooth, but instead, a beautiful pearl that came out of the gland. What are the odds of a pearl being inside the shell? While many people don't realize it, just like an oyster, clams can produce a mineral of something similar. So Sandy kept the stone and took it to a local jeweler. And he said, well, the weight of this and the size of it's probably 50 years. Who told her it's a mercenaria pearl, and the odds of finding one that size is extremely rare. Betty goes, it's probably one in a million, one in a million to have it perfect. Usually there's pieces of them. With the perfect pearl and the perfect girl. On July 8th, Ken got down on one knee. We felt that this was, in a way, this is kind of a signal or a, a, an odd bit of synchronicity. And we said this would be a great engagement ring. After input from Sandy on the setting, 9.8 millimeters of meaningfulness is now positioned proudly on her finger. And to celebrate, the newly engaged couple came back to the bridge to let them know the good news. It's a fairy tale. You, it's, it's magical. You don't, you hear about, oh, I hope to find something in there, but you never do. But you never do. WJAR, by the way, right there, according to several articles, the odds of finding a pearl in a clam are about one in 100,000. And just for future, she'd like to have it appraised, maybe keep it, hopes to pass the ring off to a eight-year-old granddaughter one day named Nora. It's a really nice story. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.